My name is Wendy Paulson. I am lucky to have been raised by parents that brought me to Quetico and the BWCA as a toddler. I've had the great fortune of doing many trips there and much farther north with my brother Bear, who is the general manager at North Star Canoes. For the last five years, I've organized an intergenerational BWCA women's trip. We have all shared the powerful benefits of self-reliance, strength, and bonding by doing everything from swimming across lakes to flipping canoes and learning to paddle the stern. I own a Northwind 17 named Tukukmich. We found him to be perfect for three women. We like trading out the duffer seat to be able to rest and just appreciate. Last year's trip included four women, so we took Tukukmich and Cedar the Magic Dart, my North Star Magic solo canoe. He is fast. Cedar allowed all of the women to try out wilderness solo paddling. My friend Michelle Kwan and I have shared many Boundary Waters trips. Over the years, we've discussed the relative lack of women in the BWCA, how few all-women's trips we've encountered, and especially how few people of color travel in the wilderness. This past summer, we decided to do our small part to pay it forward and share this amazing place with those who might not be as likely to access it. We invited two women of color who we barely knew. Neither had visited the BWCA, been in a canoe, or had any wilderness experience. One didn't know how to swim, but we couldn't have been any luckier. They jumped in wholeheartedly and were a complete joy to travel with. Now I am proud to call them friends. One was so inspired, she published a zine entitled Homecoming on our return home. I encourage those who know this beautiful place to share it with others. This podcast is sponsored by North Star Canoes proudly encouraging everyone to share wonder in the BWCA. This is the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. This is the wilderness that Dave and I were both introduced to as kids. You know, our first wilderness camping experiences were in the Boundary Waters. And in summer, you wake up, you swim through the lake, you have breakfast, then you can relax, you can go paddling, you can go hiking. We've done this trip before to Horseshoe Lake, and I remember catching walleye there before. I went on a canoe trip in the Boundary Waters, and it's, it was really cool. It was my first time. The route from Ram Lake back to Poplar Lake with, with no packs, with, with only a day pack, uh, we take it in one day. Well, you can look to Venus, you can look to Mars. I will set my sights by the northern star and in the deep dark blue. Come the northern lights Oh, and in the deep dark blue Come the northern lights Welcome to episode 52 of the WTIP Boundary Waters podcast. I'm sitting outside with Joe Fredericks. I'm here on a gorgeous fall day with Matthew Baxley. Absolutely beautiful. The sun is shining. Today when I woke up, started up the truck to head over to Joe's place. It was 36 degrees. Yeah. Indicative of the changing season and just how beautiful the sun and warmth can feel when the day starts out so cold. Yeah, nice to be out here in a fleece and just clear skies. And we are doing something special on this beautiful fall day. We are going to be smoking some Boundary Waters caught brook trout in the smoker here at the house in the beginning stages of some uh we've got a visitor coming in hot here uh, 
friendly dog that lives nearby <laughs> looks like bringing us a gift <laughs> very proud to join us on the podcast making her debut uh mm-hmm. and Jean cochran's dog uh, so hello kenna welcome to the podcast welcome to fall also indicative of the season is the puppy has some red ri- uh, orange ribbon attached to her collar you know right. keeping her safe as the hunters are out bringing yep. in the bounty of the season right grouse hunting on and uh so we're about to smoke these fish in the process of making some smoked trout wild rice chowder the cool feature of this particular soup making endeavor is how much of the ingredients of this meal come right from the land and water in which we call home right i mentioned the brook trout from the boundary waters canoe area wilderness here in cook county uh speaking of tim uh, the rice comes from Tim, uh, harvested, Tim and Gene harvested that here in Cook County this year. Actually, last year, come to think of it, uh, 2020 rice, so it's ready to go. And then we've got some dairy, some cream that'll go in the chowder from right here at Lakeview Dairy in Cook County. We've got... Potatoes from potatoes. Uh, the garden. Right up behind us, about 20 feet away, they were grown. And uh, whole wheat sourdough bread yes. baked by Trevor Huggins. Uh, local baker uh, and the flour was grown and milled uh, just on the other side of the border uh, in Canada. Right. So it's all from the land here. How about those biscuits? Oh, why don't you tell us about those biscuits? Well, we had a contributor, uh, hey, dog, get away from those fish. (laughs) (laughs) Dog? All right. (laughs) Uh, Gwen, who we heard from on a previous episode, on on the family episode, Brought some biscuits to contribute. Mm-hmm. A well-rounded Cook County community effort, smoked trout chowder that we've... Oh, I know what we're forgetting. The Applewood. Ah, the Applewood. Right from down the street. Right from down the street. A bear knocked down uh, some limbs from an apple tree just down the road from the house here of a neighbor, another neighbor. And uh, she gifted the Applewood, which is prize for smoking fish certainly so we'll have that as a contribution as well the fish will be smoked with wood from right here to applewood so this is what's going on it's just a, kind of surreal actually when you lay it all out like that it is and as usual it just deepens the connection with the place when you get to participate in the bounty and for your own sustenance but also the way we're doing it today is a long leisurely experience of just being here and and making this meal of which you already started early this morning and enjoying it all all together it's cohesive it is the fish went into a brine last night uh, brown sugar and heavy salt water solution uh, homemade concoction they sat overnight about 16 hours in that brine and then pulled them out rinsed them washed them and then they have been drying to get kind of a gelatinous or a a seal all that in Uh, so they are have a little glaze on them now as we're just about to start the smoker well for now i think it's time to hear from another voice in the episode today joe you had a conversation with a woman michelle kwan uh who calls home Minneapolis, Mm -hmm. and uh, avid Boundary Water enthusiast that, like so many of us, came to that love later in life. 
and we're going to hear some of the unique elements of her journey and her story. Absolutely, and I think we'll check back in maybe once the smoker's going and let you know how things are going on this absolutely gorgeous fall day. Joining us now on the podcast is Michelle Kwan, who lives in Minneapolis. She's a co-owner of Kiefer Court Bakery and Cafe in the Twin Cities. Michelle, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Reached out to you and we connected. It sounds like you actually had a really unique introduction to the Boundary Waters region uh, with somebody that we're familiar with, sister Bear Paulson from North Star Canoes, who we've had on the podcast uh, multiple times, as a matter of fact. And it was uh, Bear's sister, Wendy, who kind of introduced you, if you will, to the Boundary Waters. Share with us a little bit about your connection to the Boundary Waters, how you first came up here and and why you keep coming back. Yeah. So um, I was out at the Midwest Mountaineering Outdoor Expo. Our bakery is just across the street from there. And, you know, I had just returned from living abroad in China for about four years and realized that, you know, Minnesota has this great landscape and I'd never really explored much of northern Minnesota outside of Duluth and, you know, had been reading up about the Boundary Waters and was interested in taking a trip up there. Um, And at the expo, someone had referred me to contact Wendy because she leads these trail clearing trips that were great introduction to the boundary water is nothing too extreme, but you get to see the place and, and you get to kind of feel out if it's an experience that, you know, you're wanting to try out. And so that next spring, Wendy invited me up to the trail clearing trip and we went up to the Sioux Hustler Trail. We, we canoed and portaged in to a campsite near the trail and I got to really see the beauty of the boundary waters and the magic that it brings and the solitude and and how peaceful it is, it was for me at least, to be up there. And after that trip, I just kind of knew that the outdoors was a, was a sanctuary for me. And, and specifically, the Boundary Waters was a magical place where I found a lot of peace. And so after that trip, I, I started doing more backpacking trips. And then I continued to go on the trail clearing trip with Wendy And about two or three years into the trail clearing trip, she invited me to an all-woman's trip that she leads as well, um, which was an interesting trip because the trip, the all-woman's trip was typically all women, and they were all, the first year I went, they were all over the age of 50. I think Wendy was 45, everyone else was in their 50s and 60s. And so here I am as like a 30-year-old being the youngest woman on this trip and watching these women just, we portaged in, we I think we, we went pretty far. We went up to the Canadian border. We did a seven-day trip. And, and watching these women up there was amazing. We were the only group of women up there. I think that, that weekend there was a lot of Boy Scouts, too. And, and watching everyone watch us kind of get through portages and paddle. And, and, you know, we were kind of a rare sighting of the group of six women up there, um, and, and ever since then, I just continually have this wonderful um, experience while I'm up there. And one of, like, a couple years ago, I said, Wendy, you know, I'm the only person of color up here. We need to invite more people of color up here. It would be so great to see more people like me up here. And so this past summer in July, 
on our all women's trip, we ended up inviting two more women, um, BIPOC women up. And this was their first time ever canoeing, ever camping. You know, they'd done a couple of camping trips, but they'd never backpacked or anything. Um, and, you know, we were kind of nervous to see how that experience was going to go. But the two women that came up, they were amazing. They were great sports. They really asked a lot of questions, took on the challenges that the Boundary Water kind of gives to you. And, and it, you know, at the end of the day, they love the trip and, and we're hoping to continually do this. And one of my goals is to be able to lead maybe smaller groups, shorter days, shorter trips um, with more BIPOC folks to be that kind of ambassador, that middle person of making people feel safe of being out in the wilderness, being that, you know, there aren't a lot of people that look like us up there. Hmm. Yeah, that's very compelling story and your family who owned and started the Kiefer Court Bakery in Minneapolis uh, did not it sounds like have time or energy or the the means to really get into outdoor recreation that you, you kind of found this on your own and now you're leading other women primarily and and other people of color into the wilderness like that stands out as something unique I mean has, have you had time to reflect on that? Yeah, um, you know, my parents being immigrants, and, and, I, and I, I have this conversation with a lot of, you know, folks that are similar to my situation where we were born and raised here in America, but parents that are immigrants that came, you know, from poverty, from rural areas in, in Asia, um, is, you know, when we say, oh, yeah, we're going to go camping, they, they think, what? You're going to sit outside and sleep outside on the ground? Like, no, we've already done that. We've, we've moved to America, so we don't have to do that. So that, that was always a, an interesting kind of concept. And, yeah, you know, my parents owned, their, owned the bakery, ran the bakery, so they were working six days a week. They didn't have, you know, they couldn't close down the shop to take a holiday to take us camping or anything. And that was the last thing my dad wanted to do. He goes, that sounds like work. You know, if I'm going to take time off, I want to relax, not work. Um, and so that, that was always you know, something that was never really introduced to us. My dad took us boating every once in a while. We'd go up to the St. Croix, but it was always day trips. It was never, you know, long-term trips out in the cabin or out in the woods. Um, and so as I got older and after moving to China, living in, in China and being able to explore some of the more hiking kind of aspects out there in the rural areas, I just realized like the outdoors is a place that I've never been introduced to. And it is a very healing place. Like the forest and nature is a very healing environment. Um, and so when I returned to America, I knew that there was tons of places that are available for me to go visit state parks, national parks, regional parks. And I started off slowly through some of the twin cities, area, state parks, and regional parks, and just really found that passion towards being in nature and, and using it as a form of therapy. And even then, it was, you know, it, it's a very white culture out there. And, you know, being Chinese, being a Chinese woman, I never really felt threatened in those spaces, you know, uh, you know, and so, um, but then talking with some other BIPOC folks, you know, some of them just kind of felt unwelcomed. And I was trying to figure out, well, what can I do as someone who feels very safe in those spaces 
to link folks that don't feel safe in those places. And, and so that's when I came up with this idea is, well, I'll invite more friends with me to go hiking because in the event of an uncomfortable situation, I could step in because I don't feel endangered and maybe I could mediate the situation. Um, and so, so that's partially kind of where all of that kind of came about. Smoker, it's hovering at 150 degrees. Chugging away as we open the door to check. Oh yeah, looking looking pretty good in there. Yep. We'll maybe give her a little. Actually, you want to fire up one of those pieces of birch there? Yeah. Give me that lighter. Give her a little fuel. Kick it up a notch. Let's see if we can get her up to 170. Firing up a piece of birch bark. Fire, natural fire starter. Continues to be the absolute epitome of fall, sun shining. And as we take a little moment to appreciate what's happening around us, Joe. Well, we heard some sandhill cranes flying by about 10 minutes here before we stoked the smoker. Well, we heard the call way off, couldn't find them. Uh, we've had a few fly over there our area here not far from Lake Superior and some closer to the Boundary Waters area too but uh, these these were way up in the sky we were here and we're looking all over I mean there is not a cloud this is just some light little clouds over there but bluebird sky as they say exactly and so we finally spotted them there they are way just dots in the sky forming a little V they look like miles away but they sound like they're just over the hill yep and uh fading out there after uh we're gonna get back to our conversation with michelle in just a minute but uh we transitioned here to uh some sounds from our good good friend ian tamblin uh put together that's a part of an album he did with some sandhill cranes in it obviously very familiar with this area having grown up in near thunder bay and just near lake superior and the woods and water so important to his music and his life I want to give a shout out to our friend Ian Tamblin, Matthew. We it's we heard from him this year in 2021. He sent us his new album and continued to say thanks, you know, for sharing my music on your podcast. I mean, he gave us uh, all those rights in season one, and he's been such a big part of the podcast. So thank you to Ian Tamblin. Thanks, Ian. 
and thanks for being a part of our homegrown fish smoking fall day with your beautiful tunes. I think you're on a little splash detail here. And um, I'm just going to address a couple quick things here. Beautiful, yes. Smoker's rolling. We're in about hour, coming up on maybe hour two and a half, nearing three. Fish are doing well. They got probably another hour for sure, uh, maybe a little bit longer. And so hopefully uh, the next time we reconvene, we're sitting down over a beautiful bowl of smoked trout wild rice chowder. Uh, but let's get back to our conversation with Michelle. When you come to the Boundary Waters, now as you've kind of moved on, uh, you know, continued on from like that, those first steps of state parks and just getting comfortable being outdoors and really appreciating and finding, as you said, like a, a therapeutic spot that this wasn't an exhaustive process uh, as maybe your your parents had, had kind of viewed outdoor recreation as something that would make you tired. So why would you do that on your time off that you're having a, a different experience? Are you doing canoe trips? Are you hiking on the... The trails in the Boundary Waters, what types of trips are you doing when you come up here? Well, in my, all the trips that I've gone up to the Boundary Waters has been canoe trips. So we'll, we'll bring up the boat and we'll portage through all the lakes and, and get as far, we, you know, our goal is always to get as far in as possible because it's harder to get back there and that means there's going to be less people. Um, and I've done one trip of a winter camping trip where we skied in and then did hot camping. But most of the other trips have always been um, canoeing trips. And I've, you know, I've had some ideas and thoughts of possibly doing a hiking trip on one of the the trails, the hiking trails up there, maybe like the Sioux Hustler or the Pow Wow or something like that um, as an idea to bring some folks up there who aren't really interested in paddling but still want to do some hiking and some backpacking. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so when you pause, let's say I was to just say, Michelle, take me to a place in your memory or in your mind when you reflect about what you like about the Boundary Waters. What's a scene or a story that comes to mind as you have been up here? Something that just, just like embodies why you like it up here? Oh, there's so many. Um you know, the first thing that comes to mind is the water. You know, there are days where you can just sit at your campsite and the water is just crystal clear. There's no wind, there's no waves, and you can see that reflection of the horizon, you know, the trees and the hills. And then, you know, depending on the time of day, you can see the sun setting and the colors in the sky with the clouds. And it's just, it's this untouched beauty that, you know, humans haven't come here to take down, to put something else. You know, it's, it's never going to be touched. And the quietness of it, too. You know, you hear the winds howling in the trees. Occasionally, you'll catch a loon, you know, off into the distance. And, and so that's, that's part, that's always my, when I think of the boundary waters, I think of the water and the trees off in the distance. And, you know, and it doesn't matter what the landscape looks like. You know, there was one year where we went to the powwow after the big 
after the big fire to kind of help uh, clear some of the trail because parts of the powwow was completely burnt where there was no trail. So we were literally trail finding on that trip. And all the trees are burnt. They're just skinny stubs left. And even looking at that, as, as, as much devastation as there is in that scene, there's still beauty in it. You know, there's still, you can start to see small saplings starting to grow. And you can see that, you know, even though there has been devastation in this area, life will continue to regenerate as long as we leave it be and let it do its thing and let it do its cycle. And, and many years from now, we'll come back and it won't look the same. Um, and, you know, and that's part of the beauty of the Boundary Waters is like we just kind of let nature take its course there. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I painted a picture in my mind. It made, makes me want to go get in my canoe and go out there right now. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Um, well, that's extraordinary that you found a place up here in northern Minnesota that uh, feels comfortable to you and that it sounds like you are open to coming all times of the year and done some winter camping and uh, maybe you have another one of those on deck in, uh, in the winter if uh, things line up properly. So thanks for sharing some of your story with us, Michelle. This has been wonderful to connect with you and I hope we can see you out in the Boundary Waters sometime. Thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate it. And yeah, hope to see you out there soon. Wow, that's good. Smoke trout chowder. Finishing up our heaping bowls of the chowder. The smoker situated nearby, still smoking. There's the last bite of Matthew's bowl. We're about to go walk around the neighborhood and gift out uh, everyone's share of the bounty for it's been a collaborative effort as we described from the wood that was contributed to the rice, the wild rice. Uh, Now the trout has been all plucked clean to the bone. Have some for trout and eggs tomorrow. How cool is Michelle Kwan? Right. Great, great time talking with her. I, I really am looking forward to Matthew. I think we'll hopefully be hearing more from Michelle in the future i know she's really getting excited for some winter camping possibilities and one of my favorite conversations i've had about just the boundary waters yeah totally i mean there's so many blissful feelings going on right now like all the best things the boundary waters the stories this conversation with michelle the chowder the bread the sunny fall day i mean it's just i almost feel like it's more than I can handle at this moment. <laughs> Keep like, breathing. Keep breathing, man. You know, I was just mentioning to Joe before we turned the record on that if I died right now, I don't know where I would go because this is heaven. Mm. I'm there. Yeah. That is a, kind of a great place to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think the centerpiece of, of it all is the Boundary Waters. Yeah. Uh, the fish coming from a, a remote lake and, and the beauty of those fish. Uh, Beautiful. Those speckles. The color. Mm-hmm. That pink belly. What color were those speckles? Like red? Yeah, it's a red belly and like some orangish hue and then those lines on the top. 
running up toward the dorsal and and uh, it's just the pattern of the brook trout laughing in my solo canoe as I landed those two that basically could have made the entire meal uh, filled up the pot of chowder with those two fish alone there was so much meat on them and uh, so we have some excess for our eggs and breakfast in the morning and I just really think that we shouldn't look over the fact that the boundary waters is where those fish were caught laughing in my just moment of bliss out there and then having that conscious thought coming down the portage of I'm gonna smoke these here in October and make some chowder make a day of it that's where it all started was right there on that lake deep in the boundary waters inspiration <laughs> beauty <laughs> bliss wait stay with me stay with me Matthew Joe. stay with me <laughs> chowder coma Oh, what happened? <laughs> I just sing when I paddle canoe Feeling not thinking if the strokes are true We're gonna get through to the other side Out in the night the waves beat the shore You can hear them pounding, you can hear them roar Oh, me, rock me in my dreams You can roll me, rock me I like to sing, I love to dance I play the fool if I got the chance All around the campfire light All around the campfire light All around, all around, all around The campfire light